0: over all the conferences we attended recently?
1: Yeah, but I think there's a difference between academic conferences and some of the practitioner conferences we go to. I think there's a huge difference. It's
0: funny you should say that. <laughs> go on. <laughs> so that was the weirdness to this conference. For, to go into AERA, the um, American... Education Research Association. I would start out saying the Association of Education Research Association, but that doesn't—that's not really
1: American Educational cool. Research Association. Yes. 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 #AERA17 yeah. uh,
0: Go. Yes. Um, their conference was in San Antonio, so it was my hometown. Um, so it's first of all, it's interesting attending two conferences in the exact same venue, like within a month of each other, was kind of. Um, interesting, because the setup is completely different, and how they they do things are completely different. And the other uh, conference
1: you're talking about is the NASPA one, which is yes,
0: it was here in March.
1: Student affairs, one March. related educators, yes.
0: So, so this was it interesting because I guess I've never gone to a a just a pure academic conference before. Most of them have been professional associations. Um, the AMC, the Association of American Medical Colleges, is kind of a hybrid mm-hmm. in such because it, it's such a big organization and they cover lots mm-hmm. of things. And they have um, like the Group on Student Affairs Conference, the Group on Education Affairs Conference, which are more regional, smaller conferences. Their annual conference is 8,000 people. They're covering everything and, and there's different um, offerings as far as sessions you can do with so AERA, and there's different divisions, and my division that I was going to spend all my time in is Division I, I think it's, I believe it's Division I, um, which is educating the professionals. So people who are working like law students, medical students, um, maybe theology, um, but the professional education is like is that, that group. So um, it was organized in the sense that um, you're basically in the same two rooms the entire time you're there because they kind of keep those things together, which I appreciate um, on because that's the conference center. So you get it's kind of all the same people in, in, in your your rooms and though it's Aera, it's a very international population. A lot of UK people, um, some Canadians, um, some Dutch were there. Um, so a, a lot of a lot of people from uh, a, a lot of uh, Asian universities were were in attendance. So it's a it's a actually a pretty international conference for um, for an American association. They actually have a, an international conference, I believe, every five years, mm-hmm. which means they go to Canada. So course, and,
1: no, they've gone to the UK and. Stuff like, like I, you, I'd say affiliations to this association, like their journal editors, are a bit more global. They have like an Australian editor for one, an English one for another. Like it, it rotates around the
0: country. I think they go to Canada like every five years. In two years, it's in Toronto. A couple years ago, I believe, it was in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, so I was having a hard time getting a lot from the conference for a while. And then it finally occurred to me the people in the room are more interested in the methodology and the organization of the research yeah. and not the outcomes and implications of the research. So um,
1: so maybe, because you're comparing this kind of a, a conference is different than when you said professional, I think you mean applied or practitioner-based. And that yeah. happens with student affairs. Um, SHRM's the same the human resource folks are the same the talents and development ATD those are kind of like hands on I'm dealing with X I'm looking for a program an orientation a training versus this group is looking at how did you study that how did you analyze that and what did you find Um, yeah
0: so if you and I did like a big research project on the education of student affairs professionals Mm -hmm. We could present at both these conferences. If we go to NASPA, we're going to have one slide on our methodology, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about the implications of the research, right? Like, this is what we found from it. Yes. If we go to AERA, we're going to talk. We're going to go in depth on the, met- the methodology. Then we're going to talk about the implications of it, but really what, what the audience wants to ask is about, did you survey this type of population? Did you have these things into consideration? Did you right. – so they're, re- they're really going to – because the people in the room aren't the people who do the education of of student professionals, right? So that's why that's not why, all
1: some some yeah. are, but some so, are sometimes. scholar practitioners, um, and this is a scholarly piece that they're going to. So yeah, it
0: looks very yeah. different. So so the people in the room, a, a lot of them have a you know a PhD and like psychometric testing, right? Yes. Like that. Like, so. That's so they're not they're not going to work with students on a daily basis. They may work for a professional organization that do, does professional testing, like the bar exam, for example. And mm-hmm. so, um, so, they're like fascinated by how you structure a study and the methods of a study. Um, and, and the appropriateness of that, more so than uh, the outcome of the study. And <clears throat> since you and I have this hybrid of, we were both a practitioner, and we do research. It's like it's, it's a complete it's – I did not go into the conference with the right mindset. Like I wasn't thinking about that, going into the conference to kind of get the most out of it.
1: I thought about that. And I thought about talking to you before. But I know we were both kind of busy at that time because I was going to ask you if you looked at um, – they have special interest groups or SIGs. And they've got yeah. probably 100 and or 200 of them. And they're all kind of niche – areas, um, and those would be, uh, a.k.a. you would say niche, but it's niche, and that's a pet peeve, side note. Um, But they actually have ones that, like, are action research might have been a good one for you. So that's applied is one of the SIGs I'm thinking of. Um, But they also have everything from, like, adult literacy. There's an assessment one. And so there'd be... And for me, medical
0: education is a SIG.
1: Yes, exactly. So medical education is a SIG, but then you're probably just getting that snapshot where maybe an adult ed could have been, there's an adult literacy and adult education one that could fit in into your area. There's so many of them like career and technical. AERA is a, an impressive place and they have the top journal. The educational researcher is one of yeah. the journals. Yeah. And so I'm not going to lie. I submitted a couple years ago, no, a year ago. And to them, we got rejected. We got really good feedback, and then we submitted somewhere else. Rejected journal-wise. Submitted back to a different one, and we got into ARA Open, and now it's an open article that people can read. Um, but we know that that's like the top. That's where the research comes from, and these kind of conferences are different. And then unless you were for student affairs and student services or practitioners. Um, even my Nakata and other colleague friends that do um, different kinds of student support, unless you went to as a grad master's or doctoral student, because your advisor told you to, and you proposed at ASH, the association for the study of higher education, you probably have never been to an academic conference. If you're in this
0: field. So there's, there are some student affairs faculty types. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, um, uh, higher ed doctoral researchers mm-hmm. and they spent their time in division J, which is more around, uh, I believe it's grad students, um, around, around there. So they probably have a completely different experience and, and different types of, uh, sessions, offerings than uh, that I went to also. Yeah. yeah so, this, so this is the first time I've been to a conference, I think this is right. I think this is the first time I went to the conference. What is a discussant um, per each session, mm-hmm. um, and which is interesting because if if AERA says this is what you should do as a discussant, no one read that because everyone approached it in a completely different manner, and they. Uh, there was no uniformity in how the discussant worked from session to session. So, so explain the, what
1: a discussant you think yeah. is supposed
0: to do. So most of, most of the, so ARA has sessions, um, like most of the sessions I went to were paper sessions, but they have, you know, round table poster sessions. They have um, the plenary sessions. There's, the papers in
1: progress. Do they do that there?
0: So, yeah. So by papers, is mostly papers in progress. Yeah. So, and it, it's a lot of times, People who are in the midst of a pretty far along and a research study with a lot of data analyzed, all of collected. Yeah. They're looking for
1: feedback data. sort of thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so, and they can't necessarily submit their entire study because you're only presenting a 15 minute, uh, you only have 15 minutes to present. Um, but, but you're, you're. I don't know, 80% done of this uh, research project and paper. Uh, and nor, I, I nor do you,
1: no, no, you're right. Nor do you want to because that's considered a conference proceeding. So yeah. just so for some terms, if you submit something as a conference proceeding, you cannot submit the same piece or manuscript for a journal. That's called self-plagiarism, just so oh. you know. Yeah. So
0: Good point. Thank you. And so – So the uh, researcher basically, I I think they all uh, all had 15 minutes to present. So it's typical presentational slides, right? Like this is my study, this is my research questions, this is my methodology, this is what I found from it. A lot of Greek letters that are are coming um, here in in, in these, I actually took Greek in college and I felt that I got more Greek um, in these sessions. Um, good.
1: You're talking about like statistical significant, multivariate statistics. Yeah, what, yeah, that's what you're speaking
0: yeah. to, correct? Yes. The, the, the tau B and the yeah, <laughs> okay. uh, and the experts <laughs> at So, um, so that so so they would do their, their presentation, and so one, so so typically there's three or four of these in a session, and, and they're, they're generally themed together of some sort. there's there should be some type of thread in there, but there's always a one that's a complete outlier. They didn't know where to put it, so they kind of just put it this, this one. So a discussant is someone who, at the end of the 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 paper discuss um, presentations, gives some feedback, I, I would say, but also, starts a conversation for discussion, right? Which is going to open up questions for other, other people. So, so one person, um, did, did such a thing. Um, and he, what's hard is like the discussion has to be like an uber statistician almost to, to really understand, uh, the diversity of, uh, of methodologies right because because if there's a methodology that you haven't used and you're kind of vaguely familiar with it it's really hard to go into a deep dive of, of that paper but they have these papers well in advance they can do some extra research to make sure you know things are um, things things are correct but when discuss the first thing I went to the theme was around leadership right mm-hmm. and so the discussant was not like a leadership educator or did not know a lot of leadership education so a lot of the things that he thought should be addressed um are things that in the leadership education realm are answered questions for example are leaders you know born or made right like no one in leadership education thinks that trade leadership theory is a thing we should be talking about or addressing so so um the 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 very next session i went to the discussants um, did her thing between each session, between each presentation. Okay. So so versus the first one was at the end. Like, it, it kind of summarized the first yeah, 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 And then the next one did it at the end of each session. And I guess she gave probably uh, three to five minutes feedback at the end of each session. Uh, and I will say um, some, some feedback was more critical than others. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it seemed that the, the more the discussants understood your methodology, the more feedback you're going to get yep. versus they were afraid to kind of jump into methodologies they weren't that familiar with.
1: So this is AERA's format. And I'll, I'll be honest, I've actually never physically gone to AERA. Two of my papers have. and co-authors have presented so i'm aware of the feedback in the process Discussant roles or sometimes at academic conferences they have moderators um they're really there to facilitate the conversation yeah. and the timing and like moving things yeah. along um some of them get more involved and if if a conference says be more involved then do but not always and i will say acpa and i believe naspa does but i know acpa does do the, a few different tracks of research papers, same format, shorter, um, not published anywhere per se, but like same idea, uh, research and progress.
0: I'll say at ERA, their sessions offered both a moderator mm-hmm. and a discussant. Okay. So there was someone that was running, and they would converse ahead of time to make sure that they were doing yeah. it properly. But that way the discussant doesn't have to keep watching the clock all the time, and the moderator can make sure that the, the room keeps moving um, in
1: there? Yeah, so my first academic um, conference that I went to was when I was in my doc program in 2012 I believe is the first one I went to, or 2013 maybe. Um, it was the I conference and that's the I school and we'll happily share both of these resources. So the I school is a consortium of information schools in the field, so they study everything from library science, informatic, information science, Um, how information and people and technology connect. So that's kind of my, that's the college I'm housed in. And so when I went to that conference and they had um, works in progress is what they called them. Those were kind of like your moderated short in progress papers, similar themes. And we could hash out methods, ideas, what implications, what findings we could be looking for. And that was really cool. I was like, this is awesome. And then we had a pre-conference kind of day workshop on socio-technical issues which is my area, and I um, really got on, like, it was people from all different backgrounds, so anthropology to geography to you name it, sociology. I was like, these are my people! And so that conference, I was like, this is the first conference I feel like I fit in. So people yeah. stayed in, like, jungles and uh, hunting with tribes to building projects, and there were action-based researchers I saw that were solving problems with groups and how um, how technology society were woven in, I'm like this is where I fit. And I um, the conference format. There's always different papers. So there's abstract papers, which would be about two thousand words. So not like the abstract you read at the beginning of a journal article, but abstract two to three thousand words. There was long form, and then there were some that were actually put into a publication. And so conferences like the I conference or um, social media and society conference that ho- is housed out of the Ryerson University um, social media lab. They invite a whole bunch of papers and have panels, but they only publish 18 um, actual abstracts or papers in the conference. And I'm like, and I thought everyone got published. So when ours got in, I'm like, Oh, that was pretty good. Cause 200 people were presenting, but we yeah. got in. And so <laughs> like to me, an academic conference, feels a lot different than a practitioner or applied um, or professional learning associations that I probably grew up with. And I kind of thought it was kind of cool and, I, I won't say that all of them um, don't talk about the implications, but it does matter on the, like for you, it's the interest groups for the subdivisions of an yeah. area it matters where you kind of go to because the conversations probably look a li- little different. Like the action research group, if you went to some of that SIG, would look very different than, yeah, your psychometric and whatever SIG group and things like that. But yeah, uh, it's, it's a different approach to a conference and it's not, it's not the same. <laughs>
0: so, and so it, It's also interesting because, I mean, AER is a unique in, a, a unique organization in the sense that it spans all of education and research. Yes. There are people that are doing pre-K to, you know, to professional programs. Yes. And so it has everyone there. And when you get the um, – you know, you know, like the big law books you get, and and when you study higher education, like that's what their conference book was like. Or it's like back when they had yellow pages. <laughs> it's like they're handing you, and I'm like, I don't, I don't want this. Like, I don't want to carry this thing around. Like, it, who can possibly look through this to find it useful? It was so much, it was so thick with information. So
1: point of information, uh, yellow pages is a phone book we used to have. For those uh, modern listeners that use just the interwebs, that's what Jeff is talking about.
0: Probably peak in the 80s.
1: Yeah, we, we need kind of an interruption to be like defining what old school terms we talk about up, you know, in the In the 80s, I think we had a couple delivered five years ago to our house, but they've stopped, so that's good.
0: Yeah. Um, politically Reactive has the best.
1: Yes. Yes. Hold 100. up. Wait a minute. Okay, we're not going to take it from them, but they're awesome. Go listen. Yeah. So what was your, so coming back from an academic conference, a, um, a scholarly conference, what, what was your kind of takeaways and what would you do different next time you go
0: So um, I think whenever you go to a conference in your own city, you're far less prepared than if you actually go to a conference somewhere else. It's <laughs> just going to be easier. You can just kind of roll, you know, wake up and roll in there. There, I wanted to go to the first time attendee session, yeah. but it was Friday morning at 7 a.m. And, you know, I I mean, I don't live far from downtown, but, like, I still got to drive to downtown and, you know, park and walk over there. And I think Thursday night was a Spurs game, so I was, like, a little bit more late than normal um, for uh, Friday morning. Go Spurs. Um, Yeah, by the way, breaking news. uh, Breaking news to us right now, not when this is going to be published. Yeah. Tony Parker out for the rest of the playoffs.
1: That was my moment of silence for you. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, you said it right, though. Okay, back to your point. The scholarly conference is two things. One, you should prepare. So when you're going to go to a conference, read up who's going to be there, what kind of research you want to check out. Actually, mainly the people who's going to be there and maybe – Try and connect with them if you're like, I really love you, scholar, in this area. See yeah, if their yeah. paper's going to be there or an area that you're studying that aligns to your research. And second, conference planners, why 7 a.m.? Um, a really cool <laughs> conference that was planned by the Link Lab at UT Arlington. It was called the D-Learn Conference back in 2015. We met in Stanford. And the the evening before the afternoon, they had that kind of like a brain swap, like, this is what the conference is going to be about, kind of. Um it was kind of like an unconferency style where we talked about different topics. There are issues and it was around issues of higher ed and digital learning. And so we did that. And then we had this uh vegetarian, vegan, awesome uh food meal thing afterwards and uh drinks and we chatted. So we had coffee and drinks. Um and that was like the pseudo-orientation, but it was a smaller conference, so but we didn't have an early like get up at seven AM. It was like nine, nine thirty start.
0: Also, what's interesting, this conference, it was on the same, it was on the weekend of the conclusion of Fiesta. Oh yeah. Fiesta is a ten-day um, San Antonio party. Yeah. But this last weekend, there are two extremely large parades <laughs> that go through downtown. So like Sunday night, like it, you can't go anywhere. <laughs> right. Like, like you better be happy eating on the riverwalk, which by the way locals never get on the riverwalk. But you better be happy with that. Because like you're not going anywhere. So I had to get so I did have to get there, make sure I get there early Friday morning before they closed off the roads because you can't get into downtown anymore. And so I got there early for the, earlier for that. And then when I left at five o'clock the roads were still blocked because the parade wasn't over yet. Um, it's a super it's a super long period. But I was meeting my family, I took a break midday, met my family on the parade route. So I walked the parade route backwards. Yeah, um, the parade wasn't started; it hadn't started yet, and it was, um, no one was on the road, so it was easy to walk backwards. Um, I was overdressed for it, and then <laughs> watched the parade with my family for a couple of hours, and then uh, went, went back to went back to the conference.
1: Well, Fiesta's is awesome. We happened there because we went there for um, my partner's birthday because he. Uh, we wanted to see dolphins, but I don't know if I go back to SeaWorld again. That's a different story. Uh, but we stumbled upon Fiesta, which is an impressive festival. Yeah. I'll share a link to it. Um, Because, actually, San Antonio shuts down, like, people have days off for Fiesta. Like, it's a big deal. My son was and out of
0: school on Friday. For no Battle school of Friday.
1: Files. Okay, yeah, exactly. And then they have, yeah, there's, like, parades and different pockets and food. And, I don't know, it's really cool and cultural. And, yeah, I was like, this is awesome. We're in a parade now. And I'm pretty yeah. sure the Spurs were playing in town. It was Fiesta. And something else was happening over there. So, like, you were not bored
0: on the street. Yeah. yeah. Um, people look forward to Fiesta for... and In the parade, like, it's hard to just show up to the parade. Like, people get tickets to sit in certain areas along the streets oh. of, the, of the parade. Um, we happen to have a friend who lives on the parade route, on the... On the toward the beginning so we could go. That's nice. That's
1: that's very good. Okay. So to wrap up our conferences, so I read this book that I'm I am I read this book and I took notes. Yeah, 'cause this is what happens when Jeff Jackson recommends a book, A Guide to Becoming a Scholarly Practitioner in Student Affairs. I won't get into my thoughts on this yet, because I will in another episode, but um, this was written in 2015, Stylist Publishing. I get paid nothing to talk about it. Um, it does talk about choosing a conference as well, and they listed um, conferences that are all practitioner-based. So I thought that was hilarious. NASPA, SPA, NACADA, NACA, KUOI, NODA, and NURSA. And I will share those links, um, those little acronyms. But yeah, they, they never talk about an actual scholar. They talk about doing a presentation, but not a scholarly conference. So I think that is lacking in this book. Let's say another version was to be rewritten or they ask us to do it because we're amazing. No, I'm just, I'm kidding, but they could. Um, I think that they're lacking, like recommending some of the academic versions of these conferences that people could attend. And I think there are um tracks in a couple of those like I, I believe acpa and naspa are focusing somewhat on that but it's not heavily an
0: academic conference yeah Did, don't you think also that those conferences should have more academic tracks to them I, especially naspa and acpa um i mean uh, a lot of them are very specific to like uh like, like, you know um Specializations or functional areas of student affairs. I mean,
1: have evidence for the work that we do, and have data to back know, ideas. Crazy, crazy. Like yeah, I went to the
0: poster session at NASPA. and it was in the back. It was yeah. in the back of the um, uh, exhibit hall. Yeah. Right. So you have to like walk past all the vendors to get to it, and mm-hmm. it, and a lot of it wasn't even. I would say the rigor's low, to have a put. A lot of them was like it was like this is a program we do. Yeah. Which is. Great. If there's like assessment data on the effectiveness of the program, like we do this program and these are our outcomes, and this is why it's, you know, valid, right? This is why this is why we're going to we're going to share this. Um, but uh, a lot of them didn't have that. It was just like, it was just like this is, this is like a program we do.
1: Well, I feel like we don't prepare people for that. Like, ACPA had a program, like, they had their poster presentation, actually not in the vendors, which I thought was cool. It was in, like, a pocket. It was a long hallway in Columbus, and it was a pocket of spaces, but you're right, like, maybe there's not the same value of post <coughs> sessions or maybe um, they're just not awareness of how you could present, like visualizing data is a whole topic on its own and maybe how you best talk about research or assessment. And they don't really sell that as being like, this is a cool space to get input. I think it would be, it'd be helpful for any um, staff, um, grad student, masters or doc, like, Schooling them a bit on that, and giving them information, and I think also incentivizing. So, an example I like that uh, at at least at the Nakata conferences, the last few ones I've been to, not this past year, but previously, they've partnered the poster session outside the place where there's free breakfast, or something else going on where there's some food related. Like, hey, mingle around and. I find poster sessions really cool. Like I haven't done a lot lately, but I have as a, um, a doc student and maybe just after because it gives you feedback to what you're doing and ideas on how you can improve it.
0: I, th- I think poster sessions are, have become my um, preferred presentation method. Um, also, right. the, the, um, it's a little, a little more informal a lot of times my research doesn't, I don't need an hour. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need an hour to share it. I, I, it's a, it's a very, it's a, like, this is what we did. Mm-hmm. This is how we measured it. And this is the outcomes, right? It's a, it's a very, I could probably do the whole thing, in like a 15 or, or, or 20 minute thing. And when you get into an hour, then you have to make up stuff like, Oh, get into a group and have this conversation. Like, like yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I just want to talk about my thing. And move on. Um, And also I think just the kind of, um strolling around and looking at what's interesting right like you can you can go into a poster session you could find five or six different interesting topics uh, that you ca- that you can't necessarily just like go in and out of the the conference uh sessions that that, e- that easily so and also the double amc typically mm-hmm. the poster sessions you get drink tickets yes and so and so if you can get a glass of wine or have um um, yeah, have a, have a drink and walk around, that's, that's pretty cool too.
1: Yeah, the Online Learning Consortium started doing that and hosting it. I know that the the poster session, they changed actually to a digital poster session. So they have high tops where you can have laptops and talk about discussions. Yeah. So, some people might do uh, Prezi or PowerPoint, but you could just have stuff up and ask input. And it was during a, a cocktail hour per se where free snacks would be there get at least one free beverage ticket and then um, other treats or it'd be at a break time where snacks were and people could mingle. And that opportunity, because I think some folks needed funding, um, it was called, we changed it to a discovery session based on people want to figure out what's out there get feedback on initiatives, projects, um, they like that. And the other short form one was uh, the idea of these pitch sessions. So if someone had a problem and solution, um, that's a bigger program altogether it was a solution design summit. But at the conference itself, um, there's a lot of pre-work, but the conference had three sessions in one hour, each giving a 10 minute pitch of the problem solution. And people love that format as attendees because they're like, oh, idea. A little quick Q and A after, and we yeah. need to have more of those because no one needs to hear someone drone on about something for forty five minutes to an hour.
0: Yeah, hmm. and, and also for a poster, like you still have to submit an abstract. You have to submit, you know, some um, maybe some early, preliminary findings, um, or, or at least like what the like what your research questions were that, that you're gonna find. Like, there's still some a little bit of rigor in the 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 uh, proposal that you, you need to go through too. So it's
1: yeah. I like that. I pro- I'm probably less interested just because where I'm tracking in my career. So I'm interested if there's a proceeding, maybe. Um, if I'm trying to do some more yeah. writing to publications of journals. And we'll talk about journal stuff later. But yeah, cool. Well, submit a poster session. Go to a different conference track. Look at research. That's our advice.
0: Yeah so ashes in houston in the fall
1: it is we should look at that it going? yeah we should definitely look at that um i think the critique of this proposal doesn't it talks a little bit about offering evidence to it and they give an example on page 31 of like Um, an assessment and persistence conference proposal that someone's written and in it they give some references and I've done that for practitioner based examples this wouldn't be what you'd submit to a scholarly conference because they do want to see sometimes like a shorter paper or a shorter version of findings so um, Ash would be the one that would be looking at some more manuscript times and we'll put a link to that conference and maybe we'll consider Um, ourselves
0: the proposal deadline is tomorrow
1: Oh. That's fine. I got I got something. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like, uh, ooh, they have a power to the people as their overview. That's nice.
0: Uh, that's, um, I have conflict with that. That's why I'm at WMC.
1: Is it? Well, here's the pro tip for academic conferences. One could submit to one, and the other author could go with your yeah. name on it. That's my, So maybe we'll, we'll talk. I bet you they're going to extend this deadline. Maybe not. All right. okay.
0: So I so so this book uh, a guide to becoming a scholar a scholarly practitioner of student affairs I gotta say um, this this would be a great addition to grad programs I I I know there's there's things you can learn like along the way but there's a, a lot of these, is is this like a how-to guide that would be. Um, there's a there's a lot of like how-to information that would be great like early on in your career when you haven't really gone to conferences yet when you haven't really submitted anything when you haven't uh, studied this. Um, one of the biggest things I got from this book was on page. This is the end of the first chapter on page eight. The challenge of student affairs professionals as like why you should be a scholarly professional um, it is because there there are marginalized populations of which we care about. That have no voice, and we have the ability to have that voice put in the, and put in the academic literature, and, and you have the ability to have that voice published for other scholars to see, and so that's an an important challenge that they 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 put with, um, on here.
1: And I also think well, I I think I'm gonna write a blog post about this: the why we don't write in student services, yeah. student affairs, or the applied side of the house. Um, there's some reason that people don't write. And this book is a good intro, but it's not, I wouldn't say I'll be honest and looking at and reading a number of writing and how to be a scholar, academic scholar books, this isn't up there to prepare them to excel in this area per right. se. It's like an intro. Um, I liked it. Um, I have some, I have some notes flagged in it where I want to write about. Um, but I'm not sure that it would really push them to move forward into that academic writing and research phase just yet. Um, doesn't mean we can't, but you're right. Maybe this is like baby steps in.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. I'll put a link. Oh, uh, we always talk about podcasts. We can wrap up, but, uh, I found a podcast. Well, oh, li- listening to your recommendation, politically reactive and catching up, which I'm almost there, which is interesting to hear about the context of political life from last year. Now, and what they say. Um, I've been listening to Maeve in America, Immigration in Real Life, IRL. And I might be listening to it because she is a native Irish person that's moved to New York um, to do some things. And she's interviewing and talking with different immigrant stories and perspectives. And she has an Irish accent. So I'm trying to hone my other side of the half, uh, my accent when I go home to Ireland uh, with my partner. But... It was interesting. It's interesting to hear the different um, takes on everything from holidays to traditions to how people have come and those stories. So I, I like that I, concept. So I started listening to different episodes from her back catalog, and I've added her to my my listing now. So,
0: so I, I feel that every recommendation I've given has been kind of a um, serious one or political or something like that. So yeah, that's you. I gotta say though, my absolute favorite podcast is Judge John Hodgman, and John Hodgman, uh, writer, public, comedian. I don't know. I don't know how to describe him. He does some acting. He does some comedy. He does some performances. He's um, what he calls as a fake internet judge. You can write in <laughs> with a with a dispute, and they have you on there, and he does a ruling at the end at the end of it. He's on the Maximum Fun, the Maximum Fun uh, Network podcast network um um and if you if everyone knows John Hodgman, but you may not realize you know him on the Alma mac I'm a pc commercials he was the guy that played the pc um, of He um was when, on the
1: daily show before
0: yeah and and he was a, a writer on the daily show he's written some books um uh not just a funny guy but a very smart and a very thoughtful funny guy so uh i probably discovered that podcast three years ago i've listened to all of them some of them i listened to multiple times um it's it's a it's my favorite uh podcast to listen to it always makes me laugh
1: that's awesome yeah uh so those are two podcasts we'll leave you with that for now and we'll leave you with the the book recommendation we'll drop in the show notes but that's it for now my break drinker friends